Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. Who knows what number it is at this stage, but you do know that I am broadcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland, and I'm joined, as always, by Lisa Marie Hanahan and by Cam Branch for this episode of our Rambly Chat Liverpool podcast, which you've come to expect at this stage. And I do have a little thing that I want to um, talk about at the start, but it's kind of in the form of a, a little quiz for Lisa Marie and for Cam. As is our want around here, we like to not just jump straight into the uh, uh, details of matches, but actually just have a little bit of an ease in. So I have a little activity for uh, the guys to do in a second. So I'm going to go straight to Lisa Marie and ask you, Lisa Marie, what have you got to start us off with this week? Oh, just a just a quote that kind of sort of reflects my overwhelming, not overwhelming, just overall. That's the word I was looking for. Overall mood. So here we go. Find out where joy resides and give it a voice far beyond singing. For to miss the joy is to miss all. Oh, that's nice. Uh, works at no, a number of levels that scene is at some stage you have promised to sing for us on the show <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> I wondered if that was going to come in I really did I wondered if that was going to come in but it's in the middle of the day and I have not been drinking so <laughs> all I'm saying is never, <laughs> never never commit to anything on the podcast because we do remember both Cam and I've I have, never committed to that you just, we, we, just I, I, that I'm afraid oh, I'm you sure did. you did I'm afraid you did <laughs> <laughs> anyway really like that quote and um, is that the one or was it one of two did you tell me you two or is one for the last for the last um one? i do have a second one that, that's kind of along those lines all right so that first one was robert lewis stevenson to, to okay. get the proper credit lovely second one one can never consent to creep when one feels an impulse to soar oh 
oh, you're knocking it out of the park this week. This is all very, this is all very relevant and 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 uh, philosophical. I like it. That, who who's uh, behind that particular little uh, uh, creed? That is Helen Keller. Excellent, excellent. Um, who, by the way, my my uh, one son thinks. <laughs> Is, how does he put it? Does he say fraud? He's like, there's no way someone who's deaf and blind could actually have done all those things. <laughs> it's, a whole arg- it's an ongoing argument with him anytime Helen Keller happens to come up. Anyway, that guy's such a cynic. <laughs> he is a cynic. <laughs> you should not. <laughs> Sixteen going on seventeen, but he is. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting take. Uh, come. Uh, what have you got to start off? I believe you've got a query for us, man. Yeah, so I'm going to need a, a comment from yourself afterwards oh. on this. Okay. So, as everyone is aware, uh, Trevor, last week you announced you were leaving AI. And after a very <laughs> rapid U-turn, it seems, um, more rapid than a Tory government. Um, hey, go <laughs> Would you care to comment on this U-turn? Yeah, I've... Look, uh, <laughs> I've spoken to uh, my people, and we've decided to just, you know, accept, accept the failings of those around us and rise above it. Um, so that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I'm, 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 I'm just gonna, just gonna brave it out, Cam. I'm just gonna. Brave it out. What was it? Twenty-four hours. I don't know that it was even that. I don't think we should be discussing how long it was. <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's the point at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, w- w- whatever duration a flounce lasts for should be respected, in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, and again, again, I have to say that the, the, the behind the whole joke is still the everlasting tragedy, which ends up being my saving grace, because still at no stage on any podcast have I been an angry man like I was at the end of that one. So everyone still thinks I'm nice. So it's worked out good. Um, oh, I don't know. I heard it. and It was fantastic. <laughs> I really wish it had recorded. It was great. <laughs> I'm gutted I haven't heard this. Well, both of you have long since. You won't. Both of I you, know. That's you the had point, to catch huh? it live. Yeah, yeah, but both of you long since worked out that I'm not nice, so there's nothing to lose here. With the, the whole listening public there who are still convinced that I'm not a bad old bastard. Uh, so let's not disabuse them of that idea if we could. And I have a little quiz for you, right? You're going to love this. So I'm going to give you a common turn of phrase. You get a point for explaining it to me, what it means, and you get a point for its origin, telling me where it comes from. What do you reckon? Can we try this? Well, that's fine. Now, are these things that I might have a cultural disadvantage over because, you know, I live on this side of the Atlantic? No, 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 no. These are not these are not um, 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 region specific. This is not going to go well for me. Not at all, man. Not at all. Uh, so you're going to start us off, Cam. Great. Here is the phrase. All you got to do is explain to me what what's what's the phrase mean. What what what? Okay. How would you use it? And then if you can, for a bonus point, you give me the origins. I'll keep the scores as we go along. I think I'm going to give you three each, so it's a maximum score of six. So we'll see how what the score is by the end. Your phrase can turn a blind eye. What does that mean? Where does it come from? 
turn a blind eye. So I'm guessing that's um, if you're not overly impressed with somebody who may have done something or said something, you're just going to ignore um, where the phrases come from. I wouldn't have the foggiest. It's probably some old um, Victorian thing or something I'm going to go with. Yeah, I, a little bit before that, but actually interesting. What what did you say there? Sorry, explain to me again the, the, the what what you said the meaning of it is because like, I think you nailed that. What, what did you say it meant? So to turn a blind eye is to is to pretty much ignore what somebody says or does that you're not overly impressed with. Nice, nice. That's one point for you. I can't give you the origin one because it, you're, you're a bit vague. Uh, in fact, yeah. you're so vague, you didn't give me an answer. So I will say this. I the, could say something from the Victorian era, but I give you any more than that. I mean, yeah. dude. That's, uh, that, that's narrowing it down to, like, 80 years. Come on. I, I don't, I don't, oh my God, I don't 100% buy into this. But the explanation is that it's based around Horatio Nelson, 1801 Battle of Copenhagen. Nelson's oh, ships are up against the um, Danish-Norwegian fleet. Uh, his officer, uh, superior officer at the time, flagged for him to withdraw. And Nelson, who was famously uh, wore an eye patch, brought the telescope up to his bad eye and said, I really do not see the signal. So he was quite literally turning his blind eye to the uh, address or the order. Uh-huh. So it's quite good, that one. Yeah, that is good. I like that. Your one is white elephant. First of all, what is a white elephant? And then can you explain to me where it comes from? Oh, geez. Um, Well, I mean, a white elephant, isn't that, it's something unique, right? It is. Okay. Where does it come from? Um, I have no idea. (laughs) Well, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you the unique thing. I'm, I would, it's usually the concept of sacred as well, because obviously they're sacred creatures in Thailand. But I'm going to give you that idea of it being specific and very unique. Um, and according to a legend, um, in the past, if an underling or a rival made a Siamese king angry, that, that king might present this person who'd angered them with the gift of a white elephant. So he would seem to reward them. But... Even though it appeared to be a reward, what happened was these creatures were incredibly expensive to feed, to house. A uh, caring one would dri- for one would drive the person who received it into financial ruin. And obviously you had to, by culture, look after it. So it was, it was a punishment, which is quite interesting, right? It's interesting. There you go. There you go. Second one for you, Cam. Crocodile tears. Oh, I'm full of these. oh yeah go on yeah crocodile tears um when somebody decides when somebody is crying and it and they're not they're not genuine with those with those with that crying or the tears that flowing it's a you know just uh putting it on for the sake of it the origin of it is um because obviously crocodiles don't cry do they i believe um or they don't have tear ducts or something like that anyway. Uh, where I'm They guessing. don't sweat either because they're lizards, and we all know lizards don't sweat. Isn't that right, Prince Andrew? Um, <laughs> see, see how I tied that in. And by the way, listen, I can't believe I actually gave you the marks for that. 
I should not have given you the marks for that because I I I I I was I was distracted by reading out the explanation. Yeah, because a white elephant is basically just something that's pretty useless. That's uh, someone used to say that to me. Uh, you know, the, there was a couple of little buildings around the country, and they'd be referred to as white elephants. And I I, I never really re- they were kind of purposeless, use useless, perhaps even troublesome. But I've given you the point now, so I can't take it back off you. Anyway, good explanation, Cam. Your origin for crocodile tears, what do you think? Apart from the fact that crocodiles can't sweat or whatever you just said. Um, (laughs) uh, Origin, I'm guessing it's an Aboriginal thing. Well, why not? It actually comes from a uh, 14th century book by um, called The Travels of Sir John Mandeville. This is really interesting. It was a very popular book when it came out first, and it was about a brave knight's adventures during his travels through Asia. And in one of the little stories, the book includes a description of crocodiles that notes, these serpents, serpents, excuse me, slay men and eat them weeping, and they have no tongue. So this eventually makes its way into Shakespeare, who talks about crocodile tears, meaning like, you know, they're eating you <laughs> as they're crying. So those tears don't really count. And so that's the idiom that took off in the 16th century. Um, die hard is your one, Lisa Marie. So what is I assume it? we're not talking about the movie. We are not. <laughs> Although I believe we also are. So, well, yeah. Um, oh, God, I don't know how to explain it. Um, um, Yeah, well, if just... I described if I if I described you uh, or young Branchy there as a diehard supporter, what is that I'm trying to say about you? Oh well, that means I mean you'll give everything for mm. whatever you support. I mean you know perfect. with your last dying breath. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. It's a <laughs> uh, it's a total dedication. You're right. You're right. And this time I am actually focusing on what I'm doing. I'm I'm agreeing with you because you are correct. Uh, <laughs> would you like to give me uh, an idea? The origin of that um, it probably comes from some, you know, war story. Yeah, I. It does come from some war story. Oh well, okay. <laughs> this may be this may be enough to to decide the the um, competition in your favor. Um, if if uh, we can't get any, do you want to leave it at that, or do you want do you want me to clarify what particular war story and from where? Um. Well, let me just give it since you have kind of given me. Well, you didn't really give me a hint. You just sort of validated what I said. If um, you could me give me the, if you could give me the war or even a person involved in the war, I'm going to give you this mark. Um. World War Two. We're going back a bit further. It actually Boar comes War. from original. What, what are you saying, Cam? Boer War. Boer War says Cam. Sorry, back further again. Came up first in the 1700s, and actually the first description of it was to describe condemned men who struggled the longest when they were executed by hanging, which is pretty grim, right? And later on, it came to be used in battle. Um, there was some British officer who apparently urged his unit forward during the um, Napoleonic Wars by saying, stand your ground and die hard. Make the enemy pay dear for each of us. So that's where that one comes from. So almost. Um, I'm going to give you one more each. So the first one or the last one for you, Cam, is we're level here on two each. Right. So your one, the decider is. 
Read the Riot Act. What does that mean? Read the Riot Act. Um, okay, when you're not happy with someone or some organisation or whoever or a team or something like that, you're going to read them the Riot Act. So you're going to rip them and shred them a new one. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Any idea on the origin, brother? Hmm. Um, read the right act on the origins of it. Um, I'm. It's obviously in reference to a riot that's happened somewhere. I would say. Yes. Um, now you're going to say which riot was it and when? Well, I would like <laughs> you to be a little bit more specific. Yes. Yeah, you know because. I just know about all the riots that have ever happened. I mean, yeah, you know, I remember the Tottenham riots, the Topstiff riots, the Birmingham riots. Um, when I had a shop in Wolverhampton, there were Wolverhampton riots. Um, uh, but it's obviously none of those. Um, I There's going to be some random riot that happened in America and right. I think it's saying, something yeah. to do with civil liberties, <laughs> civil liberties of some sort, um, in the early 1960s. That is beautifully specific uh, and entirely wrong. It comes, <laughs> <laughs> it comes from 18th century England, in fact, and the oh, Riot Act was actually instituted in 1715, and it gave the British government, um, keep an eye on this, folks, for some contemporary references. Uh, the authority to label any group of more than 12 people a threat to the peace and therefore a public official will come out, read a small portion of the Riot Act and tell people to disperse themselves and peacefully depart to their habitations or else, and this is me paraphrasing here, they would get beaten around the bonds. Um, yeah, that's your, coming back. Yeah, <laughs> coming. It's it's mm. already back. Uh, your last one, Lisa Marie, is paint the town red. If one was to paint the town red, what does it mean? And then could you have a guess as to where it comes from? Well, to paint the town red, that's to, you know, go out and tie one on and cause some mischief and see what what you can get into that you probably shouldn't. Pretty good. I'm giving you the point. So to win this one, would you have any clue about what happened to cause this to be a phrase? Um. Well, I know that areas where houses of ill repute used to be, there was often called the red light district. Mm. Um, so I don't know if there's some tie to that. So. Mm. Maybe were certain um, places where one might find such mischief have, you know, red doors or be painted red in some way. Oh, that's very nice. I like that a lot. But it's sadly, wrong. Go sadly, ahead. Sadly, it's entirely wrong. Um, <laughs> it comes from a very specific lad 
called the Marquis of Waterford or Marquis, depending on where you're from. Uh, and in 1837, this lad who was a known lush, uh, I always like that description <laughs> of people, a mischief maker, led a group of friends on a night of drinking through the English town. And Cam, you'll have probably driven through this of Melton Mowbray. I used to live near there. There Thanks you go. For its pork pie and uh, pedigree pet foods. Nice pork pies. I can uh, attest to that. The famous bender culminated in vandalism after the Marquis of Waterford and his fellow revelers knocked over flower pots, <gasps> pulled knockers off doors. No. Oh my God. Broke the windows of some of the town's buildings and then to top it all off, the mob literally painted a toll gate, the doors of several homes and a swan statue with red paint. See, you almost had a little bit of the truth there, Lisa Marie, but for the wrong reason. So Round there it is. Edges, anyway. How do we feel about declaring this a draw? That's fine. Do I still get to keep my tiara? No. No. <laughs> no, because when, it, when when there was a disputed quiz in the past, I was not. I, I was. I my title was called into question. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what I'll do. Sorry, a little bit of past bitterness coming in there. <laughs> Because, you know, I have, I have retained my tiara since our Christmas episode. I mean, oh, it's been have? over two months. Okay. Do you polish it regularly? <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, should, should I give you one to uh, just shout the correct answer to? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? Well, okay. That's actually a terrible idea. It's <laughs> actually a terrible idea. No, I we can up, call it a draw. That's okay. I'm going to call it a draw. I think we should. Now, the one thing that we've been, and you're going to love this, watch this for an effortless segue. The one thing uh, Liverpool have not been doing lately much is drawing. Hey, you like that? You like that one? Ah, well like done. In fact, you'd have to say there have been some very, very impressive results. And it's not often you get to watch your team uh, in a top division match, winning six to nothing, um, as we did recently. Um, there was something particularly pleasing about it, to the extent that on the most recent Raw, I sort of lost the run of myself and just, we went on several tangents and wanders at the start of the show. And I, I like to run a tight ship and keep to the formula, but it was almost impossible to do so because there were so many things you wanted to talk about, whether it was Joel Matip or the fact that we had like batter in a couple of goals in the last couple of minutes, just remarkable stuff. And I was just full of enthusiasm for this squad. So obviously something like that on the back of the three uh, goals that we scored against Norwich is going to leave you pretty um, content with yourself as a Liverpool fan. So as usual, I wouldn't mind just starting by wondering what it was that and both of you picked out of that as your kind of happy feel-good moment for the week or more to the point maybe sometime something that that you know it, it's you're going to be hard to find I think but sometimes Cam in particular likes to point out things that did annoy him uh, or was negative so I'm just going to go with assuming that it's going to be positive but so from your um take from the week what what is was the red story Lisa Marie that you found yourself sort of um warming towards most or what was the thing that you wanted to reflect on on the show today? <clears throat> well, and I I think that it was, and I've been kind of half jokingly ask asking for this for a couple of months now, but the Leeds game was fun to watch. You know, yeah. I mean, I didn't feel stressed out at all at any point in that. Now the Norwich game, you know, was not as stressful as some have been. Now I have to say when they when they scored first, I was like, oh no, have we gone in here just 
overconfident. Um, but, you know, they turned that around. But no, the, the Leeds game, and that's kind of what led to my my joy quotes, is it was just fun to watch. Um, you know, they, it, you just, you knew that, I mean, yay, we were going to win. And, and not only that, but we were going to win well. I mean, you know, when you're three up, three up at halftime and, you know, Moe's had 22 chances that haven't gone in, then you just, you know, you have a good feeling about things. And, yeah. and yeah, so it, <laughs> it was just, it was so much fun to watch. And then, you know, and then, I mean, and Joel scoring the goal was just, you know, that just kind of kept the good feeling. I mean, you know, it was early enough in the in the match that it was like, oh, yes, he finally did it. And then um, so, yeah, the whole thing was just a whole, you know, then sings my soul joyful moment, um, <laughs> one right after the other. <laughs> can I ask can I ask you about this? Because um, and again, forgive. The, I don't mean this to be uh, in any way gauche or off putting, but I, it, we've spoken before about the fact that you know you, you've come to it in in recent times so it's a very unique perspective that you offer and it's not going to it's going to be a perspective that's going to be familiar to an awful lot of people who listen to the show who are going to be in all sorts of areas in terms of the length of their fandom and so for for you i wonder because i i think it's been predominantly the Klopp era if not exclusively um for you i wonder how much is that joy a part of the whole experience for you and i mean did you sign up or have you found yourself signed up for for all the various emotions like i mean how integral is fun to your idea of supporting liverpool football club i mean is it is it absolutely essential like i i, I for for context it is for me and there were some pretty dark days uh and you find yourself kind of questioning everything you, you, you're going through the motions it's deeply unpleasant and at the time I was doing a bit of writing as well and it was the start of that era and you know you're trying to be positive but it's very very difficult so for me fun is hugely important I'm wondering how much of the bargain that you made with yourself when you decided to you know sign on for Liverpool fandom and, and all that that entails for someone who lives in your part of the world how much a part of it is is the joy <clears throat> that's well I mean I think it's it's become more so as you know because when I first started it was just started watching the games and kind of following the team I mean I wasn't necessarily all in if that makes sense I mean course, you know it yeah, was, of course you yeah, know yeah. you're catching it here and there and you're you know sort of paying attention and and all of that and but it you know and of course, we've also talked that it it just so happened that, you know, when I did start following Liverpool, it was as things were on the upswing. So, you know, it was so it just, I guess, became more fun. And I just, you know, bought I don't want to say I bought into, but but I just, you know, as as the team was was, you know, doing better and doing well. And I mean, I think that was one of the things that not not their success per, so much on the field and in competitions, but. But just the overall, you know, I have very much bought into, and again, I don't even have any frame of reference, but but I just, you know, I love the mindset and everything that, that Klopp has brought to this team, and you and you see it throughout the team. You know, you, you don't see our players, you know, on post-match press conferences, you know, 
whining and whinging about things not going their way. If if they don't, then it's just like, yeah, it wasn't our day. And we go again, we go again next time. And so I I appreciate a mindset like that. That is that is something that I've always had a, an appreciation for. So so I think and then, of course, you know, last year. That was just that was such a whole new experience for me for, you know, where we went through the bad run and, and all, all the things. But then again, it, you know, it ended up fairly OK with us, you know, making the top four and being able to compete in the Champions League this year. So so I have noticed it more probably in the last year to year and a half. But again, I've been more in, you know, I didn't yeah. I didn't start out listening to podcasts all the time and, you know, and everything that you know, I have come to do here in the, in the last couple of years. So, so I think it is built. And then as it is built, I, you know, and we've all talked about this from time to time, but, you know, we, we, we need to find the joy in watching this team, this, you know, this group of players are so special and, and yeah, and focusing on, I mean, you know, we can discuss things that don't go well and, and things like that, but, but at the end of the day, we should be enjoying it. And we should be enjoying, you know, whatever success that the, the team manages, you know, to to obtain. And yeah, but the joy I love it. It was it was just I mean, I think it was because, you know, we kind of started off the season that way. And then, you know, when, you know, Harvey's injury and, and you know, the midfielders, you know, fall in left, right and center was like, you know, you kind of had that. Is it? No, we, we lived through this last year. We don't deserve to have to deal with this again. <laughs> Uh, but then we kind of powered through but then there was a little hiccup through the holiday you know so I think it's just I think when I have taken a step back and said okay you know what we just need to to look at what's good and focus on the good and and just kind of move through and in the last you know what couple months have you know have started rewarding you know you're starting to see a payoff I think for that and god I hope it continues you know, I think it's interesting because the, it's the fun part of it that, that that's been so lovely for me as a supporter, even um, a supporter who's as um, long a tooth as I am with it. Um, and and I saw Kloppo in an interview that I read today talking about how last year's achievement was as high, very, very high on his list uh, of things that have, have happened to him as a coach um, after the trophies he had it immediately next. And <laughs> if he's being honest, it's a higher achievement than all but two of the trophies because it was such a remarkable thing. And basically what I'm getting at is that those guys brought the joy in the end. They brought that fun and they brought that sense of, 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 of achievement. And Cam, you like me have gone through the heights and the lows and, and, and probably you like me started off at a time when, um, like I shamelessly admitted, like I was I was attracted by the shiny thing. I saw Kenny Dalgleish, I saw that era of Liverpool, and I thought I'll have some of that. That's amazing. Let me let me be interested in that. Let me follow that. Let me see what's what's going to happen from that. If you want to uh, dismiss that as some sort of a you know um, <laughs> a very very young child glory hunter, then fine, do what you did, knock yourself out. But that's where I was with it. Now. It's gone a lot of different ways since, and an awful lot of the time the fun has been missing. But I think as I'm getting older, Cam, it's more and more a part of why I want to be into it. And I think I was just getting to that stage around the Hodgson era where I was like, this better change soon because I might be out. Do you know what I mean? So I'm mm. wondering for you as a fellow as a fellow um, 
um, long traveler with this. How, uh, how, how important is that to you? I mean, does it, is it a massive factor? Are you one of those guys who'll just be, oh, even if it's miserable, I'm just going to do it and do it and do it mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, you know, where, where, where does it fit in for you in the, in the, in the scheme of things? For reference, I started supporting Liverpool after we lost the cup final. Right, okay, okay. So, so um, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd, you'd still say, because we won the European Cup four days later, that, you know, you could say I'm still a glory hunter, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, we, yeah, we've we've had, we've, we have had all the highs, we've had all the lows. Um, we've had, you know, some joyous, Football. I mean, I'm not sure I would use the term fun. Would you not? No, I, 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 I can't really relate to having fun with. Yeah, you see, that's man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. cut across here because I wanted to ask you this specifically because I think in this way, there's something sort of it, it just inherently different to how you think about and watch games, and yeah. myself and Lisa Marie think about and watch games because. Yeah. I, I, we spoke about it very recently. For you, the game—it's not a glass half full thing. It's just that you're wary, you're cautious. You do seem to have that cynicism about you with it. But tell me at least when things like you know when when we have a win or whatever, you absolutely revel in. You're not a Roy Keane, right? Oh, that, that, yeah. and that's it. It, it's, it's, it's all about the win. Yeah. So it's, it's the nervousness, it's the tension. And then as the game progresses, I want to be mesmerized by what I'm watching. I want to be dazzled by what I'm watching. I want to, I want to really feel, you know, that I've watched a game of football where they've played football in the way I want to see football being played. I'll watch Liverpool when they're as dire as anyone and I'll, as long as they win, I just want that win. I don't care as well at the same time so when it was the Hodgson era for example the football was as atrocious as atrocious can be and even under the second spell under Kenny some of the football was pretty drab but it was all about the win the, the result because that result had an in, had an effect on outside of football it affected your mood it affected your you know your your, your mindset and it'd be like we have an early game on a Saturday. You win that game. You're, you're buzzing for the weekend, and your week starts off great. Then, and then you're looking forward to the next game. You lose that early game on a Saturday, and you're like, you're on a downer for the whole weekend. The yeah. Family stays away from you. They know you're in a bad mood because your team's lost. It, it, mm. it's, it's a it's a it's a total emotional investment for me. So, but you you sound like a bit of an enigma. You're talking about how you like you want to be dazzled. So let's say it's nil nil and we're playing Real Madrid in the Champions League final or something like that. And Mo and Diaz and Mane are doing beautiful triangles and stuff like that. And you're watching this incredible football by these incredible footballers. But what I'm getting from you is you're not happy then. You, no, I mean, no, you're, no. T- you're, you're telling no, me no, what you want to see. It's ultimately about the win. Exactly. So the only, yeah, yeah. Joy, it's, the only it's, joy. It's about the win, but yeah. I, I can't put the word fun on it. Okay. Because of the emotional <laughs> investment I have in the game. Yeah. Okay. So if I, if, if right now we are watching amazing football. Right. I'm, 
I'm mesmerized by what we're doing, how we're doing it, the intricacies within the game of of what you know that that goal um, Diaz scored um, a couple of weeks ago for his his only goal for Liverpool. Yeah, the, the third one in the Norwich game. Yeah, beautiful. beautiful. Thirty-four passes. Yeah, yeah, thirty-four passes. Now you don't see that very often. But you haven't had any fun until the final whistle's gone. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, I mean, the fun <laughs> is the say, for, for example, now, um, I'm, you know, lucky enough to be at the Champions League final, probably the most boring game you're ever going to watch. It's a final. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're, they're nervous. The tension is there. Yeah. It's all on that 90 minutes or 120 minutes or on the penalties, depending how the game goes. Yeah. It's the final. That's not fun. That's not mm. fun. The fun is afterwards celebrating the win. Yeah. Yeah. I get it, man. I do yeah. get it. Yeah. Uh, so so this week, the Leeds game, for example, it was it was great. It it was there was some dazzling football playing. There there was some wonderful goals. Well, there was for me there was really only one wonderful goal scored. Um the other goals were you know, two penalties or penalties, you know. Uh, Van Dijk had a free header. Uh, Sadio got two goals. Uh, maybe the first one was 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 uh, was quite good um, with the way you know the pressing and the pass, the reverse pass from Mo to Hendo. You know, um, great cross from Hendo. Good finish from Sadio. Um, but that that Joel goal is something we want to see. We wanted to see for so long with all those runs he's been doing. For as long as he's been doing them with no end result, we got mm. the end result. And what a finish! It was mm. a glorious goal. It was fantastic, but it wasn't fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, at this stage, uh, that's not a word I would put to a, right. to, uh, to a goal in a football match. Well, that was fun. I, I fully, I fully get what you're saying, but I think, I, 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 and you're veering into the realm of 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 the Roy Keynes of this world who can only enjoy the victory, but then the likes of him, especially in his latter days when he didn't even have a drink, he, he, he enjoyed it for all 10 minutes and he was getting miserable already. I, 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 I don't think you're veering that way. I think you're going to... No, no, I'm definitely not veering that way. I'm definitely yeah, not veering that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. You enjoy it as, as it happens. But, but No, no, I, 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 I want to say, I just, I mean, if we see wonderful football, I guess that's a bonus. Yeah, I mean, you can watch that Man City team play football, and I'm not going to lie to you, it bores me. It's boring me now. But it doesn't have to be. See, again, I'm going to bring you in in this, Lisa Marie. It doesn't have to be about the quality of football. I can have joy and actual fun, and I do mean fun. For me, I, I can knock tremendous crack out of Jimmy Miller coming on on 87 minutes and kicking a lad up in the air. I mean, I. I I love that. It genuinely makes me happy. Um, I can see Thiago um, paying a pass, a no-look pass, 30, 40 yards, and I'm I'm purring. I don't – I've changed in that respect. I was very, very much like Cam in the past. It was only about the result. Get that thing over the fucking line. I don't know whether it's uh, con- concerted life experience uh, kicking the shit out of you and you, you get a bit of fun wherever you can get it. Or whether it's become a philosophy with me now, um, Lisa Marie. But um, can you relate to that kind of thing that I'm talking about? About, you know, it's not only when we're playing brilliantly that you can actually be watching and kind of 
giggling to yourself or smiling or just deriving pleasure from it. Oh, I, I agree. I agree completely. And I understand what you're saying. I mean, I think what it was about the Leeds game that is allowing me to say inverted commas fun is there really was none of that nervousness that a number of our games have had. And I, and Cam, I get your point as well. I mean, there are times and, and, you know, Trev and I've had kind of laughing conversations or exchanges in the past about how I would literally pace the floor for the last 15 minutes of game, like willing them to win. Um, because I'm sure that makes the difference, all the difference in the world, me wearing a path out here on the carpet. So, so I see what you're, what you're both saying, but, but I guess the long and the short of it is, is I am where you are, Trev, and I don't know how I managed to just skip to this phase (laughs) with all the other, without all the the years of buildup, but, but yeah, I mean, there are times where, yeah, it may, it, it may not have been an easy game, but yeah, but by golly, it just makes me smile to see James Milner come on and, you know, and hope that, and, and I'm hoping that he's going to kick some specific player up in the air. It's <laughs> just been annoying me on the other team for the whole game. Yeah. All right. Yeah, please bring him in and let him just take that one out. So yeah, yeah I, yeah. you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just different perspectives. And I think that's just what makes this, you know, these conversations amongst the three of us and, and anyone is what makes it fun is, is how we all kind of, you know, everyone sees it a little bit differently, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I like to, yeah, I like to get a chuckle out of, you know, obviously, you know, Joel not throwing a temper tantrum on, on some call or, or seeing, you know, somebody didn't do something right. And, you know, and Allison just, he doesn't really yell at them, but he gives them that kind of imperious look like, uh, hello. (laughs) So yeah, no, I mean, just all of that to me is just part of, the joy. I think you're going to have to work that into the title somehow, Trev. Um, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, but 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 listen, listen. I, I, it's it, it's it might seem pedantic, but it's not it, because it's an evolution. Um, I may well find myself back exactly in the same place as 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 Cam is because I was there before. Um, but it's just it's an interesting thing. It just seems to be part of the journey where you are with it, um, and it can change. And I know for me, at least Marie, that you could easily pivot as well and just be like just, oh, yeah. just get the three points i don't give a shit if it's awful to watch i just want the win because we're all that person we're all invested in that way and speaking of which and cam you've kind of teed us up nicely for this because we have obviously got one of those type of games coming up uh, on sunday and this mm-hmm. show will get out hopefully in time for plenty of people to listen to it before that so it is worth our while talking about it we do have in our next two fixtures, two cup games, one of which is obviously the Carabao Cup final. And the second one of which is our fifth round FA Cup game against Norwich, who we have just been speaking about that victory that we had over them recently. Um, the story, of course, is, and I've already seen naysayers and doom mongers and I can genuinely worried people who I have a lot of time for talking about the selection of Queevee and Kelleher. That's a given. We've been spoken to about that. And the other news that came out of it was that Bobby Firmino definitely won't make it, um, which is obviously disappointing um, to say the least. You'd like to have Bobby in the arsenal there for sure. Um, Regardless of whether he's, he's, he's bench or otherwise, we are, of course, very lucky that we have this new boy who's come along and doing so brilliantly. Uh, um, 
I haven't heard the word on um, Harvey Elliott, um, but I did hear something comparatively hopeful about Diogo Jota. So let me start by talking about this game, this final, and what it might mean in the overall scheme of things. And, and Cam, I think you might sort of be on the same page as me around about this trophy, um, which the way I look at it is, say we were not to win it, I don't think I'd be devastated. If we were to win it, I think I'd be exaggeratedly pleased by that because for me, it would be just a sign that we are becoming that club, the club who just wins stuff. And I would very much like us to be that club, especially in the years that we have left with Jurgen Klopp, because I think if we could establish ourselves as, again, that club, um, then it really could be an elongated era, especially if we get the next appointment right, um, of success and sustained success. And I think that's really, really important for a club of the magnitude of Liverpool. So I suppose I've talked myself fully around to saying that <laughs> I really, really want us to win this, man. You know, that's where I am with it. It's not a throwaway for me now that we're in the final. What, what are your thoughts around the game in general? And any of the particular specific issues, maybe talk to me about Cuevin if you want, or if you don't, talk to me about, you know, who you definitely go with in midfield. You, you've got you've got some, what, at least one or two particular uh, things that are floating around your head when you think Carabao Cup final. Yeah, um, no issues with Cuevin uh, starting. Um, fully deserves to start. Um, I think it's only right. Uh, it will stand him... Um, it will do him the world of good going forwards. Um, it will set him up nicely in his career. And um, what I'm, do you I'm say really to the man? What, what, what do you say to the, the the man or woman who says to you, "Look, that's lovely, but there's no room for sentiment when there's a trophy at stake, and we've got one of the best, if not the best, goalkeeper in the world. To not play him is, you know, for some sort of." Uh, altruistic reason like well this guy's got us here that's a silly uh, sentimental decision what, what would be your response to that I'd say they're 100% right on that as well um, <laughs> because they're not wrong are they they're, um, not, they're not they're not wrong um, but but that's at least the, the club it, right you know? I, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Klopp's judgement on yeah. this um, he's he's the one who's made the, making this decision I think he's got a pretty good record at a lot of the decisions he's made. I think this season, especially, the decisions he's been making are slowly beginning to look like the right decisions. Yes, we may have had the odd annoying result in the past. Um, we've only lost two games all season, just two games. So he's he's doing something right. The um, I think it's essential. Uh, we win this game on Sunday. Absolutely vital. And the reason I say that is because it's a part of what we're trying to accomplish for the rest of the season. You don't want this taking the wind out of our sails. Um, Lisa Marie touched on mentality earlier, and I think this is a crucial part of that, to show that we can go to finals and we can win finals. Klopp had a, a previous history of losing... I think it was six out of seven finals. If mm, I yeah, 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 it was a terrible run. Yeah, yeah, and then he turned that around with uh, the Champions League win. 
but we've not been to a final since. So he needs to continue that winning record now in finals. I think that's really important. Uh, and also for Klopp to cement his legacy as one of the greatest Liverpool managers ever, that will only be done and he will only be judged on titles won, on trophies won. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter which trophy it is, it's a trophy. So, yes, we've all been derogatory about the Milk Cup, the Rumblers Cup, the Worthington Cup, the Carabao Cup, the League Cup, the Coca-Cola Cup, whatever name you want to give it, the Mickey Mouse Cup. But it's a trophy. And it's and it's an important aspect of cementing a legacy. Do you remember 2001 uh, where we got what the Manx dismissed as the plastic treble, which was the league mm-hmm. and FA Cup and the U, U, uh, the UEFA U- Cup, U- as U- it still was back then. It's obviously the same trophy, but it was it had, you know it was it was there was no league nonsense involved with it. It was yeah. proper cup competition, and. Um, I remember specifically what that meant to me as a supporter, just to get that haul of trophies. You did not give a shit uh, about anything other than it was Liverpool win the trophy, Liverpool win the trophy, Liverpool win the trophy. And you were able to say that three times and no amount of taunting could take away from that because it was just fan bloody tastic. And now we're in in with a chance to see that happen again you know there could be a right haul gotten over the line this year and it's just so bloody exciting in that regard so i'm all in with you on that it's just i'm I'm massively invested in us winning this Mm. um and 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 i really i I do appreciate the discussion around you know i I like that you went there yeah like that yeah you 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 want to see quivian play yeah also it's deeply sentimental decision and that's exactly what this club's all about under Klopp. And you're all in. You have to be all in. And this is why I'd, I'd, I'll never understand the people who, who sort of change with the wind in their opinions and stuff. It's it's a really, it's an odd thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think to go back full full circle to the concept of, of fun and joy, you have to be all in. Yeah, I mean, you have to be all in. You have to be trying to knock something out of it. Even if your fun or your joy is when the final whistle goes and those three points are in the bag, you got to be all in. And I think I think in this show here, we have three people who are all in. And Lisa Marie, as you think about, I mean, it's really interesting. Cam brings that up because <laughs> it, things could be so different already. And I was beginning to think that poor old Jurgen had inherited this shit look that was dog in the club um where you know we had lost um an fa cup final and then jürgen comes along we we lose uh the league cup final under him in his first year we lose the europa league final in his first year despite the fact that danny sturridge scores this wonder goal and i think it's all going so well uh, and then we went, we lose the biggest one of all and the heartbreak of the night and Mo's injury and all the rest of it. it was so dark. It was such dark time that what I loved was you see Kloppo and he's drinking and he's singing with fans and this time we'll be back next year. We'll be back. We'll do this again. And they fucking did it. Right. So he was having I fun. Th- he's having fun, man. And I think, Lisa Marie, that we the, there's a corner been turned, right? I think... 
in that era when the trophy start finally started to get won um all these records these shitty records that we had oh liverpool never if this happens or this always or whatever all of those ghosts were laid and now i think that that ghost that final ghost that was hanging around or club doesn't win finals that's now gone too i think so I find myself like I have been going into every game this this year, like I have been as I look forward to all the targets on the horizon this year, um, more confident than I've been um, in previous years because these guys have made me that way. So I'm wondering as you look ahead to Sunday, where, where are your confidence levels and would it would it uh, is there some rationalisation that you've already done in your head that if we don't win, then blah blah blah. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty confident um, going into Sunday. Um, I was just thinking as you were talking, y'all are going to laugh at me. This is the first time I'll actually watch a final because I did not I was not able to watch either of the Champions League finals because my daughter's dance recital was going on. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so um and, and I kind of had a theory there for a little while that, you know, hmm, unfortunately, I've already looked up the date for the Champions League final and it's not the weekend of her dance recital. So <laughs> that's not um, it's not, you know, what we need. Um, but but no, no, I feel I mean, I think we've got an absolute excellent chance on Sunday to, you know, to win this and and come away with the trophy and. And I mean, I'm not like confident to the point, you know, like, oh, we're going to smash these. Um, but but I mean, I think we have every chance. And and what I'm really hoping is because we have tied Chelsea the two times we've played them, that our players are really going to be like, hmm, yeah, no, we're winning this. Um, you know, I just I have to I have to hope that that's the mentality that they're taking in. And we have every reason to believe looking at these at these guys that 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 is the mentality that they'll they'll be taking into into the game on Sunday you know I don't have a problem with Queeving starting at all I mean and not even just because you know he's earned it so to speak but I think he is a very capable goalkeeper um you know it it doesn't make me you know the times where he has had to step in for Allison this season not so much for these cup games, but, you know, there's been a couple other times as well, you know, for COVID or, or whatever, you know, it doesn't make me nervous to see his name on the team sheet the way it, it might've made me nervous in the past to see other names as opposed to um, Allison's name on the, on the team sheet. So yeah, I don't, I, that doesn't bother me at all. And in fact, the only thing is I do kind of wish that he had played the Leeds game just because it's been a little bit since he played, but but he's kind of used to that situation. So that doesn't even really, that doesn't really bother me either. But yeah, it's, you know, we're, we're coming into this with, you know, other than Bobby and possibly Jada, I mean, the question is going to be, I was actually listening to the, to the scouted podcast on discord earlier. I mean, just before we kind of started here and the guys were talking about, I mean, there are going to be people that are likely going to have to be left off the bench because we have so many people to be available on the bench. Um, when, when has that happened recently? So. Yeah, it's, it's, it is remarkable. Um, two things. First, uh, 
since when have have Hendrik and Matchett started doing their show on Discord live? Is that a, is that a regular thing? Very recent, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Lots are getting notions about themselves. I have to. Well, have they're to not. That's, they're doing a lot of them on on Discord now. Yeah. Um, gonna, gonna have yeah, to have words. Yeah. I know they used to ask for questions in Discord, but I didn't know the show itself was going live. Well, and that people aren't necessarily like calling in or chiming in. It's just you can listen to them while they're recording. Now, some people are putting things in the chat, and they may reference some of that. But but yeah, okay. but it's not like. It's not like, you know, people are typing in questions. And, and I mean, I think, yeah, probably if someone puts in a relevant question, you know, and they happen to see it, you know, at the appropriate minute, they'll they'll respond to it. But no, it's not like it, it hasn't become like, you know, Nina's show where people are calling in and, and saying stuff. So. OK, OK, OK. Uh, Cam, <laughs> something that Lisa Marie said um, sort of struck me there. So this is. uh an opportunity it's an opportunity to get a trophy and i think because it's a final i think i'll be leaning towards far more towards your uh concept of joy and fun <laughs> on sunday <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest uh in the same way that i did and your example is perfect because that champions league final against spurs was just a dog shit game if we're being yeah. perfectly honest and it was just nobody cared a damn thing about anything uh because most settled our nerves and all we had to do was just hold and hold and hold uh, and there was a little bit of a release of, of pure joy when yes. Divock scores at the end. That's that was a lovely bonus. Um, but uh, but the rest of it is a blur. I couldn't tell you anything that happened that game. I just couldn't tell Neither you anything. Can I, I was there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, I can tell you what happened afterwards, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, up yeah. to a point. We then, partied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Are you and sure very... you can tell us what happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. After? I was just gonna say. Hey, nice. I had a, I had the King of Scotland and the the Podfather himself. Keeping okay. a close eye on me. You might have had a, you might have had a sherbet or two uh, yourself, but no doubt. I don't think I did actually. That's just weird behaviour. But but there's only lager available. <laughs> so I like my lady drinks, my liqueurs. You like your dude? Uh, <laughs> it's 2022. Come on, come well, on. You know, I still get accused of drinking lady drinks, you know. So I'll go with it because I love them. So, you know, I really want to call. I really want to call the show "Lady Drinks" now, but I better. I better. No, um, call it uh, <laughs> Tory U-turns. Uh, so the point I was going to get, I was trying to get to you there before Sorry. you kept going off on tangents is. So that is what it is. But the next game that we have after that, and it'll be the last one probably before we record next, is the. Um, fifth round FA Cup tie and unless I've just gone completely mental it goes fifth round quarter semis right that is how it goes isn't it I think so yeah yeah I think so yeah so so we're looking at one two three games to get to another final and you'd be you know probably a brave enough person to bet against that even though the likelihood of that given you know history and the fact that we have reached one already and we're really battling the others the likelihood of that and the, the odds realistically are probably quite low mm. i would say you'd be a brave person to bet against Liverpool getting to a final if we get past norwich um that's where i'd be with this so to change focus slightly because that game is coming um hot on the heels of the of the previous one and 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 that's just the way it's going to be going now and the the way it has been going and i think we've agreed that this actually very much suits us especially when we've got a strong squad because of 
or club or called rhythm. Um, mm-hmm. I've one question for you uh, on this FA Cup tie, and we'll wrap it up then on the football chat. I don't see any situation where Jurgen is what people have called in the past disrespectful to the fifth round of the FA Cup, regardless of whether we get the win over the line or not on Sunday. I think uh, he will be thinking about a strong team regardless, because um, I think an awful lot of what we've been chatting about here must be playing in his mind as well about era and legacy and wanted to do the damnedest because you know you could say that he hasn't had the that attitude towards the domestic cups in the past because he needed to prioritize because the squad depth wasn't what it could have been yeah now it is so i don't see any way in the world that he goes weak uh, do you think i could be wrong on that do you think he, he might actually sacrifice one in a cynical way this year again no 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 he, he he's i think he's uh as in as us he's going for the quadruple mm-hmm. he's, he's got the squad now there's, there's no excuse now not to go for every every win every game is about the win every game there's no there's no doubt no doubt about it um because let's say he plays the second 11 you've got Kelleher in goal Joe Gomez at right back uh Canate or Matip, um, VVD, you know, one of the three, two of the three at centre-back. You've got Costas at left-back. You've got uh, Hendo as the sixth, say, because you'll rest Fabinho. You could have Naby in there. You could have Harvey in there. You could have Bobby and take your pick of uh, the other two. You're going to start alongside him, um, either Diaz and Mo or Diaz and... Mane or Diaz and Jota, you know, we've got an embarrassment of riches now up, up top. You or you can bring uh, uh, even the second eleven if it's against Norwich. You can bring Taki in. You can bring Divock in. No disrespect to Norwich, but I don't see them playing their strongest eleven. They're going to they they need to try and conserve their players for um, the relegation battle they're in. So if you look at that second eleven, they've got no excuses not to beat Norwich, really. And we've still got an embarrassment of riches on the bench. It's he's finally got the squad. Aside from a backup right back, he's got the squad he wants. He's there so, now. So you 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 bring us to a thing that was floated out uh, into the into the internet. During the week, and we finish with this as our our, our football story, uh, our f- last football topic. And by the way, as well, I was just thinking as you were talking, imagine, you know, that little um, meme from The Simpsons where um, Lisa rejects Ralph and it says you can actually pinpoint the second when his heart rips uh, in half. Uh, and it just shows this, you know, poor Ralph's just heart exploding. Um, it dawned on me as you were talking, imagine being live in the living room of Pep Guardiola if Jurgen did actually manage to lead us to four trophies. It'd be all over for Pep, wouldn't it? He'd just have to give in. I think he'd just have to... He'd, <laughs> he'd have, have to, to walk, wouldn't he? He would have to go back. He'd to just have to, he'd have to give it in because, yeah. you know, he the, 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 no prissy little rant he could do would ever make up for it. There's no way back from that. It would be... It will be the shame bell around the neck and off you go, pal. Um, and just for that reason alone, I really, really hope it happens. Sorry if that sounds me. 
mean? Um, I used to like Pep, I just don't anymore. Uh, but the question I was going to ask you was, one thing that was floated up there uh, was uh, you were talking about the coverage at right back. And obviously we've got Jimmy Miller who can stand in wherever. We've got Jordan Henderson who's done a stint at right back in the past. Joe Gomez has most notably played there um, recently and in the past as well. And there was a lot of debate about his performance. And then it led on to, well, what, what, why couldn't Joe Gomez play central midfield? Which, you know, really got people uh, into a, a, a bit of a frenzy. But the right back idea, uh, what for you, what's wrong with Joe's right back cover? Because I did see it. Like he's played there a handful of times, and as the game went on the last day, like like I said, I thought you know towards the end of the game he was really finding a way to get ahead, bomb on, put over a couple of beautiful crosses towards the end of that game. And there's no reason why a player of his caliber couldn't maybe adapt and learn a skill or or or, or warm to it as it went on. So why isn't he adequate cover? Do you think is it just because? Is it because, I wonder, is it because Trent is so fucking good, Cam? Do you know what I mean? Well, the last bit is probably the most essential bit there. Trent is so good. And there's no way Joe Gomez is uh, getting in ahead of Trent as our right back in the next 10 years. That's just not going to happen. So for Joe Gomez, I see Joe Gomez and Canate being our centre-back of the futures. Because obviously you look at the age of Virgil, you look at the age of Joel, they're they're on you know they're on the thirty marks, aren't they? So yeah. whether Joe and Canate, well Canate is obviously here for the long term because obviously we've only just signed him. Joe Gomez before his injury was was the number one centre back alongside Virgil. It was the best partnership in my opinion. It was better than uh, Joe and. Uh, um, Virgil and um, Joel Matip for me, um, and and the and the numbers said that as well. They, I think they they were averaging a, a goal conceded every two games as a partnership. Whereas with uh, um, Virgil and Joel Matip, it was a, they were averaging a goal a game conceded. So it's a big difference. Um, the recovery pace of uh, Joe Gomez was phenomenal. He, again, it enabled us to play that high line better. Um, not that Joel Matip is doing a bad job at all. He's, he's been fantastic for us this season. In fact, there's been many a game where he's been a better centre-back than Virgil because Virgil has been you know, slowly recovering and coming back to his best form. But like I said, long-term, um, I see him as the centre-back with Canate. I mean, when he was, when uh, Joe, was, Joe Gomez was playing alongside a uh, uh, Virgil everybody was saying well we don't need to spend 40-50 million pounds on a defender we've got Joe Gomez it's only because of the injuries and losing and obviously have, you know, not replacing Lovren and getting a fourth centre back in that we had those issues last season Yeah, but Joe Gomez was the number one choice alongside Virgil so Joe Gomez would be wasted long term at right back He's he, it's not, he's a centre back that's what he's made for. That's what he's built for. That's what his game is about. A centre-back. He's not a, He's not a midfielder. He's not a right-back. He can do a job against certain teams at right-back and give Trent a rest. That's fine. Yeah? He, he's, he's come back from a serious injury, and it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get back to full fitness. And he's he's being managed now. 
the way they're doing it. They they don't want to risk anything on, on him to pick up another injury. So they they they've got the cover. They've got we got three brilliant centre backs, one world class centre back. You don't need to rush him back in. Let him. Then that's what they're doing. So no, let's not mess around with uh, Joe Gomez positioning long term. Let's think um, of his right position long term. Yeah, I think that's. I think there's a lot, a lot, a lot of um, wisdom there, and an awful lot of people nodding their heads along with, and it'll just be about whether or not we can keep him long term if he's not getting a game. That will be very much the question because he is so very much. Yeah, he is so good. Uh, let's get out of here, guys, because we've gone long as we always do on a, on a min- minimal topics. I mean, Jesus Christ, there are some shows where I have to come up with about eighty seven different topics to get an hour out of some people. We have two topics and an hour has passed. So, Lisa Marie, what is it that you'd like to finish us with this week? I have another quote. You ready? Yes, I am ready. Be the light in the dark, be the calm in the storm, and be hopeful when the ending is unclear. Oh, you've gone full optimism with all three of these. And... If you hadn't noticed, listener, tied in with the wonderful anthem of Liverpool there with that last quote as well. Tremendous, upbeat, opposite and pithy. Who's that from? Maria Shriver. Well done, Maria Shriver. And Maria Shriver, who was once married to Arnie. That is correct. Well done, Maria Schreiber. That's correct. Uh, fair play to you uh, for that. Uh, thanks very much, Lisa and Marie. And um, Cam, do you have anything to sign off with, even if it's just a recommendation or anything like that? I'm just going to sign off with something um, I think that is pertinent with the way the world is right now. I know I don't want to bring the tone or the doom on the show or anything, but I just want to say I stand with Ukraine. I stand with Yemen. I stand with Palestine. I stand with Taiwan. In fact, I stand with any country that is in the, facing tyranny from another country. And I think the world needs a good, sharp look at itself, in, or hum, human humans do, mankind does, in what they're actually trying to achieve. We should be a world of no borders, of no boundaries, of no limitations. But we need those borders and we need those boundaries because we we need those identities as well. So, um, yeah, that's it for me. Even in the various examples you've given there, you've actually... Uh... You've actually sort of uh, wittingly or unwittingly made a, a handful of incredibly important points about different uh, regimes um, and different power balances and structures around the world. And it's, it is uh, obviously to the forefront of everyone's mind at the moment and uh, any country who's uh, ostensibly being um, um, damaged and, and, and hurt you your your heart goes out to them immediately and, and and we're no different here on this show when it comes to 
thinking about people in Ukraine at the moment and hopefully, uh, as Cam said, you know, people can open their minds up a little bit and see in those other names that he mentioned that it mightn't just be the simplest story in the world and that maybe it might be okay to read a few things before you start shouting and roaring um, and just being a, a Twitter person about the world because then we might actually make a bit of a difference. And uh, to sign off on a slightly more upbeat note, um, pal of mine, Jamie's been telling me for ages to watch Succession. Oh. Uh, but in fact, he's been very, very aggressive about oh. it. Uh, he's given me dog's abuse about it repeatedly on Twitter. Um, and I just couldn't get it because it wasn't... It wasn't on any of my subscription services, but eventually what I did was, guess what I did, Cam, Lisa Marie? I bought the DVD and I, <laughs> and I, I stuck it in my um, PlayStation, like an old relic from the 20th century. And I have enjoyed the ever-loving shit out of season one and a half, season two. And I must admit that all the crap uh, that I took about it was worth it. And all the bigging up that they did in the series. I see a re- lot of Logan Roy in you, Trev. There's a lot of Logan Roy in me. Yeah, yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, beardy, cantankerous, uh, Gallic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gaelic, rather. Gaelic, yeah. Nothing Gallic about me. Oh, well, actually, there is, there is there is something Gallic about me if we go back enough generations. But that's another show. That's another show right there. So yeah. So thanks, Jamie, uh, for all your abuse over the years. You finally made me spend actual money on a DVD for fuck's sake. Uh, but it's been it's, it's been worth it. Uh, so I'm going back to do. That's what that's what the rest of my Friday evening looks like. Hopefully, when we're talking to you next, the Reds will be a trophy to the good, um, and we will also be a step to the good in the pursuit of another one um that's our hope for when we speak to you next um thanks to lisa marie hannah and thanks to cam branch uh we have no producer this week so hopefully it'll have gone comparatively smoothly and thanks to guy drinkle who does have one major edit to do uh where my signal dropped out um more of which and on um and on pain of um raised eyebrow from uh hanahan let me finish by saying that uh, (laughs) until we speak to you again, do be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.